In today's episode, we're gonna help you be prepared for the spring recruiting rush. We're gonna answer questions about employee referral bonuses. Are they worth it? Do they work? And what might cause somebody not to refer one of their friends to work at your company despite a referral bonus? We're gonna talk about how to reactivate previous applicants. So people, maybe they applied last year and you couldn't hire them or they went and worked somewhere else. And I'm gonna share some personal stories about how that's worked for me and how to bring back your seasonal workers, people who may have been laid off for the winter. I'm gonna share a story, one of the best stories I've heard about a landscape company that does something to bring people back and some of the top trends in recruiting for 2024 to be aware of so you have a great spring. My name is Jack Jostis and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide podcast, where we share sales, marketing, and leadership inspiration to help you grow your snow and landscape company. Hey, before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that you could be eating beef jerky right now. I, I will send you, where is it? I found it. A Landscaper's Marketing Toolbox. We'll ship it to you in the mail with the Landscaper's Marketing Field Guide. You can read it. It'll help you figure out which marketing to focus on first and how it relates to recruiting while enjoying a bag of my favorite beef jerky. So tell me where to ship it at landscapersguide.com toolbox and see a link in our show notes that you can click on. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Landscaper's Guide podcast, where we share sales, marketing, and leadership inspiration to help you grow your snow and landscape company. Today, I'm excited to have a repeat collaborator to the Landscaper's Guide. He's presented at the Landscaper Summit. He's presented at Win the Spring. We've done numerous collaborations. It's Dave Pacifico. He is the co-founder of Team Engine, which is an incredible software that helps you recruit and retain your employees. And Ramblin' Jackson is, is a partner with Team Engine. They're one of the few softwares that I, I truly recommend to all of my clients because it works. It helps people with recruiting and retention. And it's so important. And today I want to interview Dave. Um, we're heading into spring and I want you to get some, some ideas and tactics, even if you're not using team engine, I know that these are going to be things that that'll help you fill your staff for the spring. So Dave, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Thanks Jack. I'm, I'm super excited to be here and I always love our collaboration. We always have interesting conversations. So thanks for having me. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're here. So one of the, the things that I was, you know, curious about was, um, for, for snow and landscape companies, especially ones that are seasonal, meaning maybe they just took, maybe they don't do snow or maybe they don't retain their whole staff. What are, what are some of the things that, that our audience can do to get their people back that maybe took the winter off? Yeah. I mean, I think the, at times the winter can feel like a sort of a, a time to take a breath for a lot of landscapers. They work so hard uh, during the busy season and, and it's a time to, to take a little bit of a break, but really because that summertime and that's the spring all the way through summer and fall is so intense, you really have to be preparing for it and engage in it year round. And so we really encourage if you do have to lay off some of your staff or scale back during the winter, it's really important to stay connected to them. If they have a birthday that falls in the off season, wish them a happy birthday. Tell make sure that you set expectations about when you're going to be ramping back up and that 
you expect to have a job for them on the other side of that off season so that, uh, you know, they don't necessarily go off somewhere else, but they're going to be there to rejoin you um, when you're ready to ramp up again. Really staying connected to them is very important through the off season. I, I agree. And, and, you know, uh, like you said, for, for many people, it can be a breather, right? Um, I think not only for landscape company owners, but many employees enjoy taking that wintertime break. Do you know of any companies, I, I'm thinking of a, of a client of mine who had like a spring kickoff where she would have a party and she would give her team boots. And that was yeah. like, you'd come to this spring kickoff and when you came, they had a return bonus. So they actually, they paid you a like, thanks for coming back to work bonus. Right, and they, right. and they gave boots away and they made kind of like a fun communal event out of it. Have you, have you heard of any companies doing anything similar? Yeah, there's sort of, that's a great example. It's one of the best I've heard actually. Uh, but, and it, it's smart because if you think about it, uh, how much is it going to cost you to find another person and sort of train that person and ramp them up? Like it, it feels like an expense, uh, pay, paying a little bonus, return bonus, something like that. But it's a heck of a lot cheaper uh, and better for your business than trying to find new people and train them. Uh, so we've heard similar things. I think anything you can do, whether it's a party, um, giveaway, any kind of gathering like that, that's the personal aspect of it makes a really big difference. I don't, I'm not just looking to fill my staff. I'm excited to have you back. You as an individual that's worked for me before. I value the work that you do for me. Uh, and things like you just mentioned can be a great a great way to do that. Well, one of the things that you mentioned there was the cost of acquiring a new employee. And I, I don't think many people think about this. So can we talk about some of the financials of what should my recruiting budget be? And one of the things before we pressed record, that we talked about was the the cost, like literally the daily cost of not having a, a person in that position. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit about some of the financial aspect of, of recruiting and. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very easy for people to see the cost that they put in the amount of money that they pay indeed to promote their job or that they pay an agency to advertise. However, they are, spending literal dollars to get applicants or employees in the door, that's the easy thing to see. The harder thing to see is the overtime that you're paying somebody because you, you're not fully staffed or you're maybe even turning away business or you're you're failing to grow and meet your market demand because you don't have an extra crew that you could have. Uh, and, and oftentimes the difference there is actually thousands of dollars. And so we we like to think about the cost of a vacancy on a day-by-day -day basis. So there's a difference between hiring somebody today or this week versus hiring somebody in a month. Well, you're missing a month of business or you're you're paying a month of overtime to somebody. Um, and it, it just adds up really fast and is in the hundred, it kind of depends on on your business and where you are, but it's very easily in the hundreds of dollars a day in most cases. Yeah, I, I think that's, um... A really good point. And I, I remember I talking with a client who was heavily reliant on H2B visas. And the one year they didn't get them, they said that they had to turn away a million dollars in work. Yeah. One of the the things that I, I liked that we've talked about, in addition to getting your your previous hires, I'm sorry, yeah, the people from last year, the seasonal people who left, getting them back. Um, talk to me a little bit about 
past applicants and how can we how can we tap into that yeah i mean honestly we think about the hiring process and and your employees in general just like you would think about customers so if you think about the processes that you go through in marketing your business and selling it to new customers it's very analogous to applicants and employees so if you have a bunch of leads and they were good leads they just didn't work out at that time maybe they weren't ready to buy or they went with a different company you don't just forget about them forever. You go back to them in three months and say, hey, how's it working out with that new company? Well, it's the same thing with applicants. You know, if you you go back to last season as you're getting ready to ramp up for this season and you find all the people that maybe they took another job because it paid a dollar more an hour, two dollars more an hour, uh, or it just wasn't the right time for them, the timing didn't work out, but they were they seem like they're qualified and you'd be happy to talk to them again. That's a great pool of people to start with. Now you have to be sort of organized enough and have that data in such a way that you can use it. Uh, but it's a great way to start rather than just starting from scratch and trying to get applicants in the top of your funnel. Yeah, I really, I really like that. So, you know, reactivating. And I think since you mentioned sales and marketing, you can do this with, with uh, cold leads that have maybe, and maybe you dropped the ball. Right, right. right. Let's be honest. A lot of landscape companies, they get slammed. They get inundated with leads. Yep. The industry is unfortunately notorious for people no showing home visits or not sending the proposal. And I, I think that, you know, it can be easy to be too embarrassed to, to reach back out if you've done that. And I, I know of a lot of people who reactivate business. They just start up a conversation like, hey, did you ever finish that patio project? So I think the same thing is true with recruiting. You can reach back out to the people who didn't, maybe they fell off. They just fell off in communication for on, on either side or they took a job. And I wanted to share that this has worked for me personally. In fact, we just celebrated a three-year, what we call a Ramblerversary for someone. And this person applied for a position at my company did great with the interview, but I just, I could tell that they weren't, it was more that the position that they applied for wasn't the right fit for that person. And I let them know that I remember calling them. I'm like, Hey, I could see you working here. And I don't think this is the right position for you. And then maybe six months later or eight months later or something, we had a different position open up that we didn't even have. And I called that person and I was like, hey, um, we talked, you applied in the past and they they accepted the job offer and they've been here for three years. So that was yeah, awesome. um, part of what I did in my in my system is I tag people that I know um, or, or sometimes we end up deciding and we hire somebody, but I have a bunch of really good applicants and I'll I'll tag them as people that yeah. we follow up with. One person actually left the company for a period and they went and worked somewhere else and time went by and a lot had changed. And I just called to check in with them and be like, Hey, yeah. here's what we're doing. Here's what's different. How's it going with what you're doing? And they were like, well, actually not that great. And we started working together again. So I really like that strategy of, of reaching, reaching out to past applicants. And it really just builds up over time. You know, your, your employee base has, and your applicants have the, <laughs> the ability to be your biggest headwind and your biggest challenge or vice versa. They have the ability to be 
your biggest tailwind and and avenue for growth. So if you're if you're kind of being diligent and following up with people and nurturing the people that you hire and you interact with, then that pays off in a lot of different ways. Whether you get that person back or that person knows somebody who needs a job that they just, they think of you as a good employer that they want their friends working for. Maybe they refer somebody, it just snowballs uh, over time. Yeah, definitely. So, so what are, what are some things that people can do to get ready for spring? So, you know, a specific, like what, like from an actual tactical standpoint, like how are you recommending that people go out and recruit in 2024? Yeah, I mean, I think I would really start, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a numbers person. I think I would really start with, okay, what do, what do we expect in terms of the staffing that we're gonna need to get this season going in the, in the way that we want, the growth that we wanna see? And then, you know, how, how many people do we have in our pool of, of people that we had to like let go of or scale back from last year and how many can we how many can we recapture potentially and what's my success outcome and my not so good um and then can i mine my existence basically go through that where am i going to get all these people from it's not hope is not a strategy as as i like to say so if, if i need to hire 50 people in the first few weeks of march or the last couple of weeks of february i don't want to just assume that I'm going to turn on my Indeed job and pay them a bunch of money and they're all going to come. Like I need to create a diversified strategy of how I'm going to find those people. I'm going to use, I'm going to post signs with these QR codes and hope I can get two or three that way. And then I'm going to run this radio ad and I'm going to um, do this. And so I, this portfolio, I need to get 25 new people. I need to recapture 20 people from last season and then sort of break it down into where those people are going to come from. And what are the activities that you or your team are going to go through to try to make that happen? What kind of budget are you going to need to make that happen? Um, and kind of have that lined up ahead of time so that you're not trying to do everything at once. And and do you recommend that, like, let's just use that 50 number. Let's let's pretend that the, uh, a, a company, and I have some clients who, who do need to hire 50 in, in the spring. I have some that need to yes, hire two will. or four yep. or 10. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but whatever the number is, do you recommend having like, a budget per head or how do you figure out how much to spend on on your recruiting yeah it's a great question um yeah i mean i think it, it's going to come down to your margins and profitability too and what you expect to the business you expect to be able to serve with those people and so i think i would personally think about it from top down in that way you know what can we spend to bring on this team if we if we're then able to execute this amount of business from it. And then, okay, how do I break that down into the different components of my strategy that are going to get me those, those people? Some are going to be more expensive than others. So it's might cost me more to go after this source than this other. So it's going to be cheapest to go recapture people that have worked for you before. So the each additional person that you recapture from last season is one fewer person you have to get through indeed or get through uh, something you have to pay for fresh. So you can kind of work out the strategy that way. Yeah, I, I like that. And and again, starting with the low hanging fruit, starting with the the leads, the people that you already have are always going to cost the least to acquire in your marketing cost. Uh, I was just hosting our mastermind yesterday and one of my clients is is expanding their commercial maintenance department. And we, we learned that they have a fair amount of commercial holiday lighting clients. And I was like, why don't you just go and sell them first? And they had already thought of that, but I think, I think they were, 
they were planning to do a lot of other marketing. And I was actually, I think a lot of times the, the people you're already working with are, are the most likely from a customer standpoint to buy the next service or employees for sure to, to work with you. What do you, what do you think about recruiting like referral bonuses? Like if you refer a friend, you get X. I, I get this question a lot. And you know, my perspective is that the most, and what we see with our customers is that the people who are most successful at getting driving referrals and getting employees through referrals are not the ones that necessarily pay the most money for those referrals. They're the ones that build a great culture and their employees love working there. And they are, they know that they're hiring and they know how to refer somebody. So it's sort of make it a great place to work and then make it really easy to refer somebody and what action that employee needs to take to make that referral. Because people wanna work with good people and they want their friends to have good jobs and they want their family members to have good jobs. And so, you know, can a couple hundred bucks potentially push it over the line? Yeah, in some cases, but I don't think it's the sort of be all end all that a lot of people think that it is. Or I, and I definitely think it's a mistake, the companies who say, well, we don't have the budget to, do a referral incentive. So we're not really going to spend effort pushing for referrals. Cause I really think you can be successful in some capacity, even without any kind of incentive, just letting people know, Hey, we're growing. We, you know, we need your help. Um, we would love to add more great team members to our team. Well, and one of the things that you said was knowing how to refer. Yes. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's okay. Hey, we're hiring, you know, we love your referrals. And then companies kind of, do I tell our office person? Do I tell the, my referral to mention me in the interview? How do I go about doing that? And you can kind of get paralyzed and, and not take any action as a result. So just for example, a team engine allows you to send a specific link out to each text a specific link out to each employee that gives them a very simple form that says hey i'm referring jack for the foreman job um and it makes that whole connection for you it just makes it really easy and so there's no ambiguity about how i go about making that referral and it, and it literally instructions for your empl employees on how to refer is so important and what i like that you said about team engine is it literally texts it te like it te you, your employees get a text message and so one of the things that i do at ramblin jackson is i build out a page on my website for each position and then when i'm hiring i write i even write copy and paste messages that have that link in it and i tell my team hey um we're hiring for this position we have this um referral bonus here's a copy and paste message, you know, and I, I write it in kind of a casual way. That's like, Hey, in case you know anyone who might be interested, our company's hiring for this position. Yeah. And that, and that's a little different from texting Dave. Hey Dave, we're hiring. Do you want to apply? Um, mm. And of course, if it comes up in conversation, then, then people have it. But I think in any case, having, whether you're using team engines program, which I've definitely recommend or you're you're building the pages giving your employees clear literally like texting it to them right so right. they can copy and paste it and text it to somebody else is is a great way of making it easy to refer people so you mentioned culture 
just now and it's something i think really the the gist of it is you have to first be a good place to work yes <laughs> right yes. you have to in order for your team to feel good about referring you i don't know culture is kind of also this like nebulous thing like how do, how do we i guess what i'm getting at is how do we measure is it is it measuring employee engagement is it employee net promoter score how do we how do we as business people get a sense of how how is my culture actually doing and how would i how would i know if it wasn't good yeah that's a great question i mean certainly there are some of the more analytical ways of doing it like employer nps uh, and i've seen i've seen companies do that i don't think that's the only way uh, there's the more some of the sort of qualitative approaches I, I, lots of our customers say i just i can feel it i, I walk into the office in the morning and there's just way more energy here. And so there, I do think there's a little bit of a qualitative aspect to it. Um, but just gathering feedback, very, it's it's a, ironic because a lot of the things that help you measure culture actually contribute to a positive culture as well. So things like consistently giving your employees the opportunity to provide feedback and then acting on that feedback. Well, gathering it's going to both help you identify gaps that you have that you need to improve. And then it's also going to reinforce your employees that you actually care about their opinions and care about their feedback. And that in turn sort of improves the, the culture and the connectedness. It, it often comes through, frankly, in your customer feedback as well. I mean, that's, that's the goal at the end of the day is to, it comes through in your retention numbers, uh, comes through in your referral numbers and comes through in your customer engagement and your customer satisfaction as well. That's the whole point. That, that's why your employees can be such a strong force for growth for your company, or they can be such a barrier to growth for your company, depending on which direction you're heading. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the feedback opportunity and the conversations that whether you're tracking net promoter score, um, I, I do employee net promoter score, and I find that it yeah. often leads to really productive conversations. And so is it the score or is it the conversation that you know like right. the score the score i don't know the score kind of is just creates an opportunity some ways for the conversation but it's really that conversation that's i think important yeah i see the score as kind of the can potential canary in the coal mine at least on the negative side or re positive reinforcement. yeah sort of oh this this trend is is negative there uh, this causes me to stop and make sure that i'm I'm understanding the reason for that and and then taking action on it. But it's that follow-up that I think really is the most important thing. Well, Dave, you've shared a lot of uh, knowledge bombs and good ideas today. <laughs> I hope so. As we as we kind of wrap up here, I'm I'm curious what 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 do you think is gonna be different in 2024? What are maybe some trends that you're sensing as we head into the season? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think this has been a trend for a number of years now, but the the companies that are doing the best are the ones that are really changing their mindset about the balance of kind of work between the employee and the employer, meaning they're providing much more personalized experiences, they're treating their employees as individuals that have individual career goals, and have their own things going on in their life, and it matters, like kind of understanding those things and doing your best to tailor their employee experience based on that understanding. And, you know, just with each year, I'd spend at least five or more years now where I've seen this trend very clearly. And uh, I think it just accelerates with each passing year. And so the companies that are going to do really well in 2024 
are the ones that are going to recognize that and really motivate their employees as individuals. Uh, and the ones that are going to struggle are the ones that are just going to try to pay their way out of it or uh, kind of, you know, just pay a couple dollars more an hour, treat them the same way that we always have, have thought of these businesses and then hope that something changes. It's not going to work. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank, thanks so much for, uh, for sharing. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. So hopefully people listening, hope you all got some good ideas. And um, Dave, for people who want to network with you, where can we uh, learn more? Yeah, so uh, you can always send me an email at dave.pacifico at teamengine.io. would love to hear from you all. Um, teamengine.io is our website. And Jack, I think you have a, a landing page as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a partner of Team Engine, and you can learn more about that at landscapersguide.com slash teamengine. And we've partnered with Team Engine it's like built into a recruiting product that we've created where we help people, we help you figure out who is your hell yes employee and what are the three reasons they would wanna work for you. And we help people um, with a variety of things, video, testimonials, copywriting, job ads, and then we bake it all into Team Engine, which helps you collect responses and manage your recruiting pipeline, text message people, push out your job ads everywhere quickly. Um, and, and also the other thing I like about team engine is the ability to keep in touch and have those conversations. So for the people who are listening that have a hundred employees, wow, like that's a lot of people really to keep track of. And even if you have a really great crew lead or management team, team engine allows you to check in with those people via text message, which which has just proven to be a very powerful way to communicate. And it has a bilingual component um, as well. So I think it's it's uh, really, really cool. So check it out. Anyways, Dave, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I'll put that. links. I'll put links to that in your email and everything in our show notes. So Dave, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Great. Thanks for having me, Jack. Really appreciate it. Always. Really appreciate the partnership with Team Engine. Uh, we've collaborated with many people on our team, including Dave, who has presented at events, lots of great ideas, and overall, the Ramblin' Jackson Team Engine Partnership will help you literally get applicants. So I'd love to, to share more with you about that. So check it out at landscapersguide.com slash teamengine. And as a reminder, I'd love to send you some beef jerky. So grab your marketing toolbox, see our show notes for a link to landscapersguide.com slash toolbox. My name is Jack Jostis, and I look forward to talking with you next week on the Landscaper's Guide. Uh -huh.